This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. With Christmas week approaching, Christians worldwide are getting caught up in the mystery of the birth of a Savior who had to actually come to earth from a place about which most know very little about, heaven. Have you ever wondered what this place heaven is like or imagine what you'll see if you get there? Might you even question if there really is such a place? Christians are taught that Jesus willingly left this beautiful home to come to earth and die as a perfect sacrifice for our sins so that we might simply get to enjoy the splendor of this place called heaven too. Shouldn't Christians be giving more serious thought to their heavenly home and what spending eternity there will really be like? A message not often heard but so powerfully filled with hope, beauty, and wonderment, we must wonder why we hear so little about it. Here's more on... Heaven is a real place. Why did he have to come to earth as a man from such a beautiful place anyway? I personally believe there are going to be a lot more people in heaven than you could have imagined. You just don't know where a person's heart is at the moment of their death. You don't know who has influenced them. You don't know who God may have sent across their path. Because the word says that God would, that none, none would perish, but that all would come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is the heart. That is the will of God. That is the mind of God. And I believe God is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, trying to get people to know and to accept His Son, which is His salvation, which is His plan to get people to this day destination called heaven. So when my father passed away at 14, I was just about slipping over to 15. And it was in that year of being 15 where I came to meet the Lord and where I dedicated my life. When my father was um, sick, um, he was in the hospital and he wasn't doing very well. He had cancer and he was, we didn't know it at at the moment, but he was just hours away from passing away. And a very interesting thing happened. I just, want, I just want to encourage you because you just don't know who God's going to use in your loved one's life. You don't know what has happened, even if some of your loved ones have slipped away. You don't know what happened at the point of their death. You have to have confidence that God is a merciful God and that, that, that some, you know, even if there was a slight chance, you've got to believe that there was a chance and that this, this person, this loved one did accept the Lord in some way. But my own father, this is what happened. We didn't even know what was happening at the time. But he was at the point of death and a priest, now you have to understand that back, this was 1970 when my father passed away. In 1970, um, a Catholic priest would never go minister to somebody of a different religion. My father was Greek Orthodox, right? As a matter of fact, my sister and my two brothers were baptized in the Greek Orthodox Church. You see, because my father was not a churchgoer, he wasn't a churchgoer. He, wasn't a, he was a good man. He never, he treated us well. He was, loved my mother, was a good father. But I never really heard him talk about God. That The only conversations we ever had in our house about God was, who was the true church? Was it the Greek Orthodox or the Catholic? And that's all they did was argue and fight about that. And that was, my mother said it was the Catholic church. My father said it was the Greek Orthodox church. That was all we ever heard about religion. 
So when I came along, because my father wasn't taking anybody to church, my mother said, the heck with you. That's how she told me she said it to him. The heck with you. You're not taking them to church, so they're all going to become Catholic because now Raymond has come. He's getting baptized Catholic, and he's going, we're going to Catholic church. So I got baptized Catholic. My sister got baptized, and they all got baptized Catholic, and we all went to the Catholic church together. So there was a priest right here in Harrison because I grew up in Harrison at the St. Gregory's Church. All right, I hear some Harrisonites here. Come on, Harrison. Come on, Harrison. Fight on for your faith. Anyway. There was a priest back then. His name was Father DeFalco. And if you're my age or a little older, you'll, you'll remember Father DeFalco. Father DeFalco found it because he knew my family. He knew my, my, my parents. Not well, but he knew, knew of us. And he found out that my father was sick in the hospital. Now, you have to understand, back in 1907, this was unheard of. A Catholic priest would never go minister to someone who wasn't Catholic. So back in that day, he went, that, that, that night, he went to visit my father... Father DeFalco goes and said, Mr. Zeno, I want to give you communion. Give you communion? Give you communion? That was unheard of. You wouldn't do that. If you're a Catholic, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I want to give you communion. He said, but before I give you communion, thank God for this priest. I, I don't know what his relationship with God. He said, I have to ask you a question. He said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And my father, without hesitation, on his deathbed said, Absolutely, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. He said, well, then, because you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you communion. He gave him communion. Three hours later, my father slipped away. Right at the point of his death. Now, I believe, I believe God set that whole thing up. Knowing that we'd be a day that I would walk into the knowledge and walk into this place. And this, man, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. That, that knowing, 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 I was just... I was just months away from hearing the salvation message and accepting the Lord for myself that I would, I would not walk all the days of my life concerned about where my father was. I believe it was the hand of God. You don't know how God is working in the lives of your love. That's why you just have to set a prayer vigil and keep praying and keep laying seed and keep praying. But you see, you, see, you just never know. You never know what is going on in a person's life or in a person's heart, you know? And, and, and so, but, but the fact of the matter is that you make your decision here. You don't make it over there. Once you leave terra firma, once your spirit separates from your body, your body goes in the ground and your, your, your spirit goes, either goes hot or cool. I want to go cool, amen? All right. So, so let's do this because... We're running out of time. Are you, are you getting something out of this? All right. Go to John's gospel real quick. We're going to go back to Luke, but just go to John's gospel for a minute. Notice, I want, I want to encourage you, there's so much teaching in this stuff. It's really so much. Anyway, John's gospel, chapter 14. Listen to what Jesus says. Now, I know this story I just told you would rack the brains of some people. Oh, Catholic priests, they don't know anything about it. I mean, there are people who believe all the Catholic priests are going to hell. I, I don't believe that. That's hardcore, man. That's like, that's sick. That's, listen, the, the bottom line is, do you, are you loving the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you trusting him for your eternal salvation? Do you believe that he is the son of God, that he was resurrected from the dead? That's what gives you salvation, whether you wear a collar 
with a little space in it or one that's all white or whether you don't wear a collar at all or whether you have Lutheran over you or Presbyterian over you or charismatic or Pente I tell you what, I think we've got too many divisions in this, in this earth. Too many, too many divisions. Too many. It comes down to one thing, Jesus Christ. It's him. It's him. It's him. Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? All right. So go over to John's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse 1 says, this is Jesus saying, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Listen to verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. Notice he didn't say many cubicles. <laughs> many compartments. Many shoe boxes. He said, in my Father's house there are many mansions. Whoo! Glory to God. You say, thank God that I'm looking forward to a mansion. Right now I live in a shoebox. <laughs> thank God that when I leave this earth I'm going to have a mansion. He's talking about places of splendor, grandeur. He's not talking about something that's going to be, me I mean, like I said, it's not a compartment. It's a mansion. He's talking mansions, man. He's not talking small spaces. He's talking about spacious. I hope mine's right by the river of life. I love being by the water. I always wanted a house by the water. I hope I get by the water. How about you? I want to get by the water. If you're my neighbor, you just be quiet, all right? Don't, don't be messing with me. Leave me alone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you see, we laugh, but let's get this vision. He's talking about places, dwelling places in heaven. Dwelling places, mansions, mansions, mansions. Woo. He said, if we're not so, he said, I go prepare a place for you right now. Jesus is preparing places for us. For some of us, we're just, they're starting to break ground. For others, the roof's being put on. For others, they've already got the house painted and they're putting flowers in the front and a big welcome home sign on the door. And we don't know. Everybody's at a different place. Am I, am I telling the truth? All right. But nonetheless, there is a mansion. There is a home. There's a dwelling place in heaven waiting for you. See, our, our, our deceased loved ones, they're in dwelling places. They're in the splendor and the glory of heaven. Wow. Jesus said, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas speaks up. This is... Thomas the doubter, he says, Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Now, it would be pretty mean of God to give us the promise of heaven and lay out this beautiful picture of heaven and not tell us how to get there. It would be like me inviting you to my summer house. I don't have one yet, but <laughs> saying, hey, you know, I'm still believing. I have this beautiful summer house. It's gorgeous, man. You're going to love it. Oh, man, wait till you get to my house. You're going to love my house. You're going to love it. We've got a pool. We've got... Come on, I'm going to dream this thing up right by the ocean. We got a pool, we got a barbecue, and it's awesome. Got a jacuzzi in the in the in the bathroom. It's an awesome place. It's big, it's spacious, got big TVs, everything. And then I walk away, and I never tell you how to get to my house. I give you the invitation, even give you the date, but I don't tell you how to get there. I would be mean. That would be that would be say, well, well, he invited me. He told me I could go to his house, but he didn't give me he didn't tell me give me the address. He didn't tell me how to get there. How do I get there? And, and Thomas is saying, we don't know where you go. We don't know how to get there. How do we get there? I, what, what, you're talking about mansions in the sky. I want it. Where, how do I get there? And Jesus said to him, simply, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow! No one gets to the Father. He says, I am the way, Thomas. It's me. You, wanna, you want your mansion in the sky, then you better follow me. You better accept me because it's in accepting Jesus and following Jesus that gives you the way, gives you the privilege, gives you the blessing of this place called heaven, this mansion in the sky. Amen. Amen. Right? right? So, so he tells you how to get there. Now, I said before that I believe that a lot of people are going to be there that, you know, but l listen, don't, don't live your life on the edge. Don't live your life in a way that's reckless. Or saying, well, you know, I just want to, you know, I want to sin a little bit more before I make the decision to give my life. You know, let me just, let me just, you know, let me have a couple of worlds around a few more times before I do this. Let me tie a few more on. Let me sleep around a little bit more. I'm not, I haven't sown all my wild oats yet. No, I, that's risky business. That's risky. You know the truth. He said, I am the way. See, that's why you've got you've to accept the Lord and you've got you've to conclude within yourself and decide that I'm going to make this decision for Jesus and accept him in my life because that's what gives you entrance into heaven. See, I believe that God's working harder to, to, to see all his people come to him. I mean, you know, I really believe that. I really believe that. Suffer loss of reward in heaven? Yes. Yeah, that means you could have, you know, had more rewards, but still there's going to be peace. You know, I mean, I, I totally, I can't totally understand that, you know, how, how that all works. But when we get there, we'll find out. So that's why I say live your best. Live for God. Do your best. Follow God every day. And, and when, you, when you do mess up, you know my little saying, when you mess up, fess up. Just fess up. Just to go to God and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I made a mess. That's how you stay clean. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just want to finish this up here in Luke's gospel. There's so much in this stuff. In verse 26, it says, um, Abraham, or verse 25, Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Verse 26, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. So, that's it, you know. Once you're there, you're there. Now, isn't it interesting that the rich man could see Lazarus from hell, but Lazarus could not see the rich man in hell. That's proof to me that when we get to heaven, we're not going to know what's going on in hell. We're not going to have any consciousness, no memory of anybody. That's in, in other words, not going to walk around heaven and say, where's so-and-so? Yeah, it's, it's true, because that would be torment to us. And heaven is a place of peace. That would be peaceful if you got there and said, where's so-and-so? When you get to heaven, you're not going to have any memory of anything that's going on in hell or anybody that didn't get there. So verse 27, then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send to him, send him to my father's house, send Lazarus. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to his place of torment. And Abraham said to them, they have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they've got the word. And he says, he says, even if I send someone from the dead, they're still not, it's like people in the church. They come in, they need a touch from God, a healing, they get healed, they get miraculously touched by the power of God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Walk out the door and forget all about God. Three, three days later, they don't, even, they don't remember anything. They don't honor God, they don't thank God, they don't come back, they don't give an offering to God, they don't do nothing, man. All they do is 
Look for the miracle. That's why you can't build a church solely on signs and wonders and miracles. You have to build the, the kingdom of God and build the church on the word of God. Because it's the word that's going to convict hearts. It's the word that's going to change lives. Because, because the word that's powerful and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's the word that breaks is like a hammer that breaks rocks in pieces. It's the word of God. And he said, if they won't, listen, they've got the word. If they're not going to listen to the word, they're not going to listen to somebody that comes back. They're not going to listen to the sign and to the wonder and to the miracle. Too many people I know got miracles and they never, ever walk with God after that. They got the miracle and they say, hallelujah, I got the miracle. And that's it. They go back right living though because they don't have the word. The word is what changes lives. And he said, they've got Moses. They've got, they've got, uh, they've got Moses and the prophets. And I'm going to listen to them. They're not going to listen to a dead man that comes back. That's why you got to build a church on the word of God, not on miracles and signs and wonders. That's, that's short-lived. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So, so he said anyway, he said, you know, neither will they be persuaded through the one will rise from the dead and come back. Um, there's, there's a lot in here. There's a lot, but I think we've exhausted as much as we can for today. And um, praise the Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I don't know about you, but you know, I heard a man say, actually it was Fred Price say years and years and years ago. He said, if there was one, a 1% chance that what I'm saying is true and I'm right. If there was even 1% chance that what I'm saying is true and correct, would it be worth missing heaven because you did not believe, you did not take that 1% chance? <clears throat> would it be worth missing heaven because of that, just by 1%? Would it, would it be worth missing all that God, even if I'm 1%... Even if there's 99% against me, and would, it be, would it be worth missing the splendors and the glories of heaven? I don't think so. There's too much at stake. This is too serious. This is too, too serious. You're talking about hell, a hot, dark, separated, segregated place with torments versus a place of joy and peace and warmth, and, and, and protection, and splendor, and beauty. I don't know. If there's even 1% chance, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go with the 1%, and I'm going to put everything I've got on it. I believe this stuff. I believe it. I can just feel the anointing of God. Angels, angels are all over the place right now. Just So... So I say to everybody that's sitting here today, if you, 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 sir, man, if you have never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, your church doesn't save you. Say, I grew up Catholic, or I grew up Christian, or I grew up, that doesn't give you salvation. Salvation must be received and accepted and wanted by each and every individual. That's how salvation is attained. You must want it for yourself. You must want Jesus to come and live in your heart. You must willingly give your heart and your life to him by saying, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. You could be, you, you could be living life large. You could have all the money in the world, but that doesn't mean that you're right with God. You have to come to that place of, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. 
I, I need to be washed by the blood of the living God. I need God in my life. Lord, I need you, Jesus. You have to come to that place all by yourself. Your parents can't give you salvation. Going to church doesn't give it to you. Growing up in the church, I was baptized as a baby. That doesn't give you salvation. We're baptizing people. All we're doing is splashing water on their head. Just making them wet. That doesn't save you. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you would be saved. With the heart man believes and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation comes one way when I put my heart and my mouth into it. That's how I get saved. I've got to believe it even with a mustard seed sized faith. I must believe it with my heart and then I must confess it with my mouth. And that's how salvation begins in your life. Doesn't mean you don't have doubt. It means I have mustard seed faith. Just a little bit to say, Lord, I don't, I've got all these doubts, but I'm going to trust. I'm just going to, I'm going to believe it for right now. I'm going to say that I believe it. That's how salvation begins. 1%, do you want to miss heaven because of 1%? Come on, man. I don't, I, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to lose the glory and the splendor of heaven and end up in hell where the, where, the, where the rich man was in torment and nowhere to go. You can't come out of it. Once you're there, you're done. There's a great gulf fixed and you can't return. There's no purgatory where you're going on low heat for a while. Not in the word. Jesus didn't speak of it. No one spoke of it in the word. It is a fallacy. It has been fabricated by man. I believe it's been devised by the devil to get people to think that somehow they're going to get there no matter what. It is a lie from the pit of hell. There's one way to heaven and it's through Jesus Christ and you got to make that decision right now here where you live. Right now. Today is the day of salvation. Not when you're dead. Right now, you've got to make your choice for the living God. Right now, you've got to say, Jesus, come into my life. You, every one of us, are one heartbeat away from eternity. One heartbeat away. Your heart stops ticking and you are dead. And you are either in heaven or you are in hell. I don't care what you're hearing on TV these days. I don't care what you're hearing from the lying preachers that are telling you there is no hell. Jesus spoke of hell. The word is full of, of, of pictures and stories about hell. Hell is a reality. We saw it today in this story that we, we investigated and we, we, we talked about. The only way out of hell and the way to heaven is through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the living God, the son of the living God, the alpha, the omega, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. It's the only way to heaven. And that's it. That's it. Some would say, you're narrow-minded. You're darn right I'm narrow-minded. The way to life is straight and it's narrow. The way to destruction is wide and it's broad. I am narrow-minded. I have to be. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.